uh, special guest uh, on this episode of our podcast, uh, Mr. Brad Harris, class of two thousand and two. Um, great to have Brad here at Yarra Valley Grammar with us even now. And uh, very shortly, we're going to go for a bit of a wander around our school. Um, Brad, I wonder if you can just begin with a an opportunity. Thirty seconds. The spotlight's on you. What are really good things are happening in your life right now? Oh, there's a lot on at the moment, Paul. And thank you for having me. Firstly, but uh, look, I've got um, I've got a couple of businesses on the go. A, a, a restaurant bar business called the Sporting Globe. Um, a couple of tech startups at different stages, and um, uh, a social. Um, endeavour at the moment with uh, homelessness. Excellent. So as you say, there's a bit going on at the moment. Um, tell me something about school, school life. What is a memory as you've walked back through, um, you know, you've seen parts of the school so far. What What are some memories of your time here at school? I've got to say, it's, it's pretty special to come back uh, to the school after 15 years. I've not been into the grounds in that time and you spend so much time here as a student, uh, nine years for me, and then to not come back for that long is, um, it's pretty emotional and exciting to, to come back and see how the place has changed. And it, and it definitely, um, you know, brings back some old memories. Yeah. Um, Let me just tap in that you said it's almost a bit emotional. Mm. Tell me what are some of the emotions that it's bringing up for you? Oh, I mean, your, your childhood memories are, are, are pretty fond for most people, aren't they? But, uh, you know, for me, driving in, the first thing you see is the, the sporting grounds and the, the great facilities we've got here. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time playing cricket. So, um, you know, first 11 cricket and, and even junior school cricket down on the down the other end of the driveway. Um, you know, many are fond training sessions and Saturday mornings and afternoons spent on those ovals. Yeah. And, and so you look back on those Saturday sport, for example, with very fond memories. Yeah. Look, made a lot of friends and, and had some great experiences uh, out on the fields and, and some not so great experiences. We, we got polished plenty of times as well. But um, look, that's, that's just from driving in the sporting fields, but obviously lots of memories um, on the other side of the campus as well. Did you make a lot of runs? Uh, yeah, look, not as many as um, as the coaches would have liked, I'd suggest. But uh, look, I'll not forget when I sort of walked in um, into the, the sort of the playing arena the first time and the coach looked at me, I'm six foot four, and said, beauty, another opening bowler. And I said, oh, sorry, coach, uh, <laughs> I don't bowl, I'm a batsman. So I ended up opening the batting against uh, against most height logic in, in cricket. Right, right. Very good. Um, creating memories, um, not so many runs, but create some mates in that as well in terms of the people, the cohort that you experience that with. Um, are you still in contact with some of your class of 2002 uh, mates that you went through with? Yeah, definitely. Still still in touch with you know, at least half a dozen of them regularly. Um, you know, some, some from the sporting field, but many of them um, from the year level generally and also... Um, from the, the design art community. So I did the certificate four in um, communication design. Yeah. Um, so definitely a few of the guys there in particular I'm very close with as well. Terrific. Um, I wonder if if you had the opportunity today, and, and look, to be honest, you do have the opportunity, if there was a place that you really wanted to go back to in our school, where would that be? And what is the, what's the memory? Why are you attracted back? Whether it's the, the art room, uh, you've already mentioned about the, the sporting fields. It might be you spent a lot of time outside the principal's office. Oh, look, I don't know. Um, is there a place that, that captures some big memories for you? Yeah, it probably would be the art design precinct, um, just because that was the last few years of 
sort of my time here where I spent quite a lot of my classroom time up there and, and definitely fond memories there. But, you know, I'd love to see the, the junior school. I mean, there's, I'm, you know, I started year three um, and I've got some great memories, three through to six, you know, playing basketball on the courts down there and, and some of my earlier teachers and, um, you know, I think that'd be very exciting. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll have to make sure that that's part of this this visit as well. Tell me a little bit about, um, you know, as you say, it's 15 years ago. Can you tell us a little bit about the, the culture of the school as you remember it or, or perhaps something that we might use now called Yarra Spirit? What was the spirit of the school like back in those days? I, I get people ask me about, you know, my school and what I thought about it, you know, a bit just in general conversation. And, and there's one thing that stands out to me against other schools that I, that I hear about and friends have gone to. And that's when I look back at Yarra, there was never any cliques or groups or there wasn't the cool group and they wouldn't talk to, you know, the science kids and the music kids. Everyone was friends. Everyone got along. Um, and, you know, if we had a party after, you know, on the weekend or whatever, everyone was there and, and got along. And I never really saw any bullying or any of that stuff. So, and I think that's quite unique. Um, and, and I think that really is a product of the school and, and the way it's handled and managed and the environment that's created that it's such an inclusive community and you don't end up with those little groups and cliques and issues that develop in other schools. And, and I think that's something the school should be really proud of. Yeah, absolutely. That, and we are proud of it. And, and that's a heritage that has been building and a legacy that I guess all of our Yarra Old Grammarians take with them, having that experience uh, of this place, whether that be, um, you know, from junior school right through to secondary school or whether that be just a couple of years towards the end of your, your education, to have a, a Yarra education is pretty special. Um, and I guess the foundation of a Yarra education, I think that it, it is a good foundation upon which to launch into the rest of your life. If you think about the bigger picture of Yarra, what, what stands out as some of the, the, the bigger issues or the bigger qualities that a school like this embedded in you and your foundation? I think it's pretty simple. When I look at not just myself, but all the other Yarra friends that I've got in my year, year level, year level above and year level below, everyone's a good person. This school punches out good people. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think you can ask for something more than that um, in, in an educational environment. Punches out good people. I love that. It that punches is a out good community-minded citizens. And you're a case in point. Um, you have gone on to have some success in the business world. And uh, tell us a little bit about the Sporting Globe Bar and Grill. Where did that concept come from uh, and what does it look like today? Yeah, sure. So it started around seven years ago in partnership with another Yarra boy, uh, James Sinclair. So we were, we've been good friends since the early days in Yarra Valley. Um, we met in grade three at, at Yarra. So, um, we, uh, we, we were looking for something to do in business together. We were traveling, we lived in London for a year together. We spent some time in the States um, and we, we saw that American sports bars and even to some extent in England um, were a really thriving concept. And we looked at those and said, well, why don't we have these in Australia? You know, all we have is TABs, which, you know, they're dirty, women don't want to go there, you can't take your kids. They're not what they are in America and England, which is fun, modern, vibrant, sport sports viewing um venues so we took that concept and um, came back to australia and opened the first one in geelong in uh what was it now 2010 
uh, and since then we've opened eight more um, all around the country and uh, all guns blazing. Excellent. And and clearly to go from one to now eight or nine in total, um, there's some success there that it's, the model is working for you. And now you've opened up some franchise opportunities as well. Yep. So uh, several of them are franchised and um, one of the ones in particular is probably relevant because um, two ex-Yarra boys who are also in James and I's year level, uh, Calvin Moore and, and Sean Kagan, uh, have purchased the franchise for our Richmond store. So uh, they are franchisees there. They own that business and, and they run it. So it's lovely to be, um, you know, doing business with two of James and I's really good friends and um, that they see the same in us to, to want to buy into the business and be part of it. That's awesome. That's so that's so exciting to, to have that um, connection and relationship built at school over years and years and years and now to continue that in, in a very different um realm in terms of the business world and and for for them now having an opportunity to build build a legacy and 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 build their own business and offer those opportunities for families um to come into a a clean environment a friendly environment where they can watch sport they can have a meal they can have a drink and do that in a family friendly atmosphere it's exciting um can you plug that one again where is it in richmond yeah, 288 Bridge Road, Richmond. So if you if you want to have a drink or watch a game or take the kids for dinner, uh, get down and check it out. And if you mention Yarra, they'll look after you. Yeah, if if you say uh, if you say Sean Kagan or uh, or Calvin Moore, I'm sure they'll um, I'm sure they'll look after you. Terrific. That sounds great. Now, um, Brad, your business acumen and the success that you've built around that. Congratulations on that. Um, but it's not all about you and putting um, money into your pocket and building your uh, you know, set of toys or, or extra bits and pieces. You've, you've got something in you that says, I'm, I'm able to give back. Um, and, and we read recently about a, uh, a project that you um, are funding in terms of supporting homelessness around Melbourne. Can you tell us a little bit about that project and, and why you chose to get involved in that? Yeah, sure. So I think a lot of Melburnians have seen the issue of homelessness rising. I mean, recently it's got a lot of negative press in the, in the media around Flinders Street, but just generally, if you spend much time in the city and other areas, um, you know, it's really a front and centre issue. Uh, so I, I was really sniffing around the area and meeting some social organisations to see what's happening in the space and what can be done to address it. Um, and, and I came across Launch Housing, who are a social housing provider for um, homeless people and um, just less fortunate people in general. And um, in collaboration with them, have, have put together this model where um, it's, it's really, a, we see it as a new economic model to look at housing. I mean, the, the, the challenge is it's just so expensive, it's hard to do um, on a large scale and, and really tackle the issue. So this is a collaboration between Vic Roads and Launch Housing, where Vic Roads is providing surplus land that's set aside for future roads so it's completely unused and they can't build on it um, they're giving that uh, essentially for free um, to launch to be able to place transportable dwellings so that they're, they're for all intents and purposes they're permanent but if and when Vic Roads needs the, the land back to build their road uh, they can be loaded on the back of a truck and moved so what that means is we can build these dwellings off-site in a factory for 60 grand each, put them on the back of a truck, install them on the land um, for you know what is essentially a, a very, very value price. And therefore, um, in this project, we're able to build 57 homes for just a little over $4 million. 
Wow. What an exciting project to be part of. Um, you've obviously had some vision there. You've seen a need. You've found a vision. You've got the right people in the room to talk to the right people in the room. But where does that desire to do something come from? Like, why why bother going and helping somebody else? Well, like, where's that rooted in? Oh, look, I think everyone's got a, a, you know, some element of desire to help other people in them. It's just a matter of, you know, where you can help and, and what you can do to help. I think part of the direction comes from my father, who is involved with this as well, where his philanthropic model's always been, there's vast problems globally. You know, there's issues in Africa, the Middle East, you know, they're really great issues, but you've got to look in your own backyard first. You know, there's issues in Melbourne and you can't fix every problem in the world. So um, let's try and get our own backyard right and um, hopefully we can go from there. So when I look around our own backyard, this is, you know, universal shelter is a pretty basic necessity that we're not getting right at the moment. So That's right. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty good place to start. Good on you. Good on you. Um, I love that, that, <laughs> that you're... Um, looking to, to help and, and doing your bit, whether it be a small bit or a big bit, to, to make a difference. And I guess the challenge for all of us is to uh, realise whether it's a big bit or a small bit, we can make an impact as well. Uh, we can have a dif- make a difference to um, our little backyard and to help people through that. That's, that's terrific. I appreciate that very much. Um, I wonder whether you might share with us... Um, did you have any experience in community links while you were here at the school? If we can bring that back to a school base, did, did you get involved in any of those projects here at school? I'm not sure that I did specifically, no. Okay. Um, it, it's probably just something that's, you know, it, it's probably still developed through the school culture and as I get back to just the school creating good citizens and good people, um, yeah. but not community links in particular while I was here. Sure, sure. No, that's fine. Um, we have a, well, our, our school motto is Lavavi Oculus, which really sort of translates to I lift up my eyes. And I wonder if I offer that to you, what does it mean, whether while you're here as a student or even now, what does it mean to lift up your eyes? Oh, probably to me that means um, a big picture view at something, um, standing back and looking at something from afar and really trying to grasp what the issue is and, and the best way to tackle it no matter what that is in life so in the in the homeless field you know we've spoken about that but I guess you could apply that to you know many other things that you you get involved with in your life absolutely absolutely now many of the people who are listening today uh, are connected in one way or another to school whether that be Yarra Valley Grammar or indeed any other school and one of the things I think um, that uh, impacts our education is the information that we consume, maybe the books that we read or documentaries that we watch. Is there any documentary or book or, or movie that you think is essential um, viewing or reading for generations today? Oh, yeah, it's a very broad question. There's, there's obviously lots of, lots of good stuff out there and, and different topics are going to appeal to different people. One of the, the books that I'm reading at the moment is called Lead and Disrupt. Um, and I find that really interesting. It's essentially about how innovation is changing organizations, whether it be a school or a business or uh, any other type of group. Um, and, and, you know, it, it is changing at a rapid click. I think one of the stats that stood out to me from the book was in 1970, um, the average lifespan of an S&P 200 
top company in America was 40 years they would spend in the top 200 sized um, businesses. Now it's 12 years. Um, these massive companies got 12 year lifespans on average. So that that's, that's all down to innovation, how it's managed from leadership down the foresight to see what's next and evolve. Um, and if you don't do you do that, you, you, you toast these days. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm finding it really interesting. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it's quite true that it is a challenge in schools today to help our young people prepare for jobs that haven't even been invented yet. You know, innovation is happening at such a rapid rate that we're trying to prepare young people in to, to function and to succeed in a world that we actually don't know how, how it looks just yet, um, which is a, you know, a challenge that we, we have as educators. I wonder, going back to either your schooling days or indeed uh, current days and all the different projects you've got, is there a, an app or a tool or a habit that you have adopted that, um, that you would recommend or that has worked really well for you and, and why has it worked so well? Yeah, look, I guess one of the things I've really been working towards and I've only been able to really achieve it the last two years is not being too busy in life to do the stuff you want to do. Um, I, I see lots of people when you say, how's life? And I say, yeah, really busy. I'm great. I think, well, you know, is it great that you're really busy? Like, have you, have you done some exercise today? Could you go to a sports match on the weekend? Did you see your kids for more than 20 minutes? And if the answer is no, you're really busy, but you're not great. You're just really busy because society says you should be busy. So I think something, again, that I've been working towards is setting up my my affairs and the things I'm involved with in a way that doesn't need to involve 70, 80 hours a week of work. Um, you know, I think that work-life balance is pretty important and everyone's got to try and structure their lives in a way that, yes, you can achieve the things you want to achieve in business or philanthropy or whatever else you're doing, but you, you need to balance that with the things that are really important, whether that be, you know, sport, exercise, family, um, you know, other endeavours. Brad, I want to really thank you for your time and I want to respect your time that you've spent with us today and and we do need to go out and uh, check out the school and, uh, and your old uh, stomping ground. But I wonder whether, just as a, a final word, whether there is some advice, either the best piece of advice that you receive or some advice that you would have for, for other people who might be tuning in and listening to this today? Oh, look, I mean, if there's any students listening, I, I think the advice I would give you is um, particularly the sort of 10, 11, 12 students is don't stress too much on um, your last couple of years. I mean, the results you get and the, the classes you study are relevant, but they're not the be all and end all. And in my in my um, experience, in particular, um, the the answer score I got and the university course I I entered into really was irrelevant to where I ended up. So you know, by all means, give everything you you're getting into um, your best shot, but don't be disheartened if your score isn't where you want it to be or you don't get into the course you want to get into, because uh, life has a funny way of uh, planning out the way you need to end up and you'll get there in the end brad harris class of 2002 thank you very much for your time thanks for spending a little bit of time here with us today and uh, and having a conversation that counts and uh, and i think you're leading a, a life of impact and of purpose and we thank you for making a difference in our backyard good stuff thank you for having me terrific thank you